0: Hello, and welcome to this edition of People in Transition. I'm your host, Bob Gerst. I've been hiring and mentoring executives, frontline employees, and job seekers for nearly 40 years through a host of transitions, some difficult, but most very good. This experience has given me a bird's eye view on a variety of trends, economies, industry disruptors, and transitions, big and small. It also brought me into contact with the thought leaders and decision makers you need to meet. Imagine knowing exactly what to do next and how to know it's time to make your big job change. We all know transitions can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. And it's even fun when you have actionable strategies and proven tactics to achieve the future you want will share with you the tools and skills that can take your dreams to your next great job. So if change is on your horizon, you won't want to miss this discussion. Also, please subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Hi, Kahiman. I am really pleased that we have the chance to chat today, I'm looking forward to it. This is an area that I know many of our listeners are not as comfortable using LinkedIn as a tool, and I know that you have a great deal of information and experiences, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Thank you, I'm so happy to be here and hopefully provide some tips for your audience that they can implement right away.
0: Heike, before we get started, I always ask my guests, when you were a child, What was it that you thought you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: This is an answer you probably have not received too often. I was very undecided and literally had an entire page of things that I wanted to be. Anything from an opera star to president to a nun. So (laughs) I was not very specific. And even in my 20s, still had no clue what I wanted to be when I grew up.
0: So... What were the transition moments that you've experienced from that picture of yourself as president of the world to where you're at today?
1: I took a couple of twists and turns. In college, I was a Spanish major, and when I was done with that, I didn't want to continue in grad school with Spanish because that was all literature, which was not what I wanted to do, so... I was encouraged to go into business school, and my preferred track was marketing, but I ended up with an outside sales role after that. That transitioned to another outside sales role, and eventually I did get into marketing, which I did for a very significant part of my career. From marketing medical products for an international company, I was recruited to do marketing and be the general manager for a very small organization. I went from international to five employees and eventually decided after having grown up in an entrepreneurial household that it was time for me to try it or always wonder what if I had been an entrepreneur myself. So in 2013, I became a certified business coach and have been coaching people ever since. But about three years ago, I transitioned to focusing mostly on helping people with LinkedIn because it's a great networking platform and superb for helping people improve their career prospects, no matter if it's corporate to corporate, corporate to entrepreneur, or entrepreneur back to corporate.
0: Oh, that's really fascinating. Hi, we're going to talk about LinkedIn next, but first, why do you think A candidate should ask the question of themselves, what kind of job would I really love before they do anything else?
1: Your LinkedIn profile is your professional first impression that you make, and you want to be found for the things that you are applying for or might want to be promoted for. So you have to know exactly what your goals are in order to then customize your headline, your about section, your background banner. It's very important for all these components to be consistent and give that one message of what you want to do, who you help, and how somebody would benefit from hiring you.
0: Heike, who actually uses LinkedIn today?
1: LinkedIn is used from... Anywhere from the top CEOs to the small business owner, from sales reps to marketing personnel, across industries, across nations, really from the smallest of businesses, the one person shop to the largest international companies that have their C-suite on LinkedIn, as well as their entire sales team, their marketing team. So really, it's across the board. Pretty much anyone can use it. It's just a matter of using
0: it correctly. And you kind of touched on this earlier. What do people use LinkedIn for? A lot of people use it for either finding a new role
1: or for finding client sales prospects, but it can also be used to find vendors, to find your next future teammate or the person that's going to replace you when you have already in your mind that you're going to move on to another company. It can also be used as a learning platform. LinkedIn has a learning side to it, but You can just plain learn from industry experts that post on a regular basis. I follow a number of experts, including other experts on LinkedIn, because they may have come across a nugget that I wasn't familiar with. It's great for learning networking and sales, basically.
0: Let's talk about networking and how do you coach your clients to use LinkedIn to help them expand their network?
1: The first step always is a properly written profile. And from there, people need to start interacting with other people's contents, start publishing their own to show their expertise. But then, of course, also on the messaging side behind the scenes, networking with people one to one. And that should not turn into a pitch fest. Don't just keep going after people that are potential clients and hound them to buy from you, if you will. It's really about building relationships. Every invitation that you send or receive should be the start of a conversation that can lead into a relationship. So you get to know people because people hire or buy from people they know, like, and trust. And just sending out a message saying you want to increase your network or you want to sell XYZ to someone is not going to build a relationship where somebody else is going to reach back and say, hey, I want to hire so-and-so to work for my company because they're doing a great job.
0: So one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of lately, and I'd be curious your reaction to it, if I accept someone as a connection, the very first thing that comes back to me is a sales pitch about their goods or services. Any reaction to that?
1: I am not thrilled with that at all. In fact, I I think it's the wrong way to go because you might be going for the one-time sale, but you're really going to tick a lot of people off. Some may disconnect with someone like that right away and might even block such a contact. I think you really need to have a conversation with people and don't don't push don't push what you're selling. It it's not cool.
0: If someone already has a following on another platform, another social platform, do they really need LinkedIn? Is there benefit to being in several different places?
1: Well, there is benefit from being in several places in general because people have different preferences as to the platforms they use. So somebody may prefer Facebook or Instagram for certain sales or promotional purposes or just plain their personal preference and what they like to see, read about, etc. LinkedIn has a couple of benefits that other platforms don't offer. One of them that is really high up on my list is the recommendations feature. Where somebody that you have worked with or for can write you a recommendation, a paragraph or two or three, they're not really limited as to why someone should work with you, hire you because of your great follow through, because of your demeanor, because of your knowledge. They can put this in writing and this recommendation stays on your profile and is tied to their face their name, their title. And as you grow, go up the career ladder, obviously most likely so are they. So the higher you both go up in your individual careers, the more value that recommendation has for you. It's really one of my favorite aspects of LinkedIn. Because it gives you credibility even to a stranger, which is why LinkedIn actually, in order for them to consider your profile complete, amongst a number of other things, you need to have at least three recommendations on your profile.
0: You said that there were a couple of things, uh, uh, LinkedIn, that has a benefit, and you mentioned recommendation section. What else?
1: There is the whole networking component that is really helpful if you're doing it right. And then there is the group feature where you can uh, connect with people professionally in uh, groups that are specific to geography or your industry or your function within a company, let that be sales or marketing or accounting, and that networking that's so specific to your particular job track can be really helpful if you know how to build relationships there with people that can refer you and for jobs and uh, refer you for board positions, et cetera.
0: Heck, I've read somewhere is that LinkedIn can help you get recruiters to come to you. How does that happen?
1: That, again, is tied very much to a professionally done profile. LinkedIn is a search engine, just like Google, and that means you have to have the right verbiage. That means you have to, for instance, spell out your title. Let's say you're a vice president of human resources. You may want to have... VPHR on your profile somewhere as well as the whole title spelled out. An accountant may want to have CPA as CPA and then also spelled out. That way, no matter what kind of term someone puts in, that particular profile comes up so recruiters can ha- they have additional search options for finding candidates there's also a function on your profile where you can say whether you are looking for work and It gives you the option of making that visible to everyone who sees your profile. It's a little half moon shaped green band on your picture that they add that says looking for work. Or you can hide that, but that is a search that people with a recruiter upgrade can search for to find people actively looking for a job and not announcing it necessarily to their employer. In their colleagues.
0: Heike, what do you think about that open to work frame around your picture? How do you coach your clients in terms of using that? Some have suggested that that looks almost desperate.
1: Yes, I have heard that too, and I'm probably agreeing with that. If you are in a professional context looking for a job, I would recommend using the anonymous version that only is searchable by recruiters, and then finding a way to bridge any potential current gap in your resume through volunteer work or starting your own company as a freelancer. There are many different types of professions where you can help people one-on-one. Let's say you were in accounting and you got laid off, but you are helping people with their taxes. Give yourself a company name, you are working. Now, you still have behind the scenes that looking for work notification for recruiters running, but in the meantime, it doesn't look like you have a gap in your employment that might
0: turn some employers off. Heka, you've touched on this before, but I'd like you to expand just a bit. What is your personal brand and how is it reflected on LinkedIn?
1: To me, your personal brand is what somebody else would say about you when you're not in the room. And what impression you make. Do you look like the Starbucks of your profession on LinkedIn? Or do you look like the corner grocery store version of coffee on your LinkedIn? So you really need to determine what kind of an impression do you want to make on LinkedIn? And then how do you implement that using your cover photo, your background banner, your headline, and your about section? There's a lot that you can do that a lot of people simply don't know about or don't value as much as they should, because it all impacts how other people see them and whether they're going to look at their profile or move on to the next one that came up in their search.
0: Heike, who are the second-degree connections that you have, and how can you use them in your own job search?
1: Good one. The second-degree connections are basically people that your connections are connected with. One person removed from the people that you have connected with directly. You can do searches based on your second connection and LinkedIn will actually pull up who the person in the middle is. So let's say I want to talk to someone who offers a jobs-related podcast and they're connected to you, Bob. I might ask you for an introduction and say, hey, Bob, could you introduce me to so-and-so? Or if you're in a networking event, as I was just an hour ago, where somebody says, you know, I'm looking for a realtor because I'm a mortgage banker. I could go through my network and say, I have a realtor here that I want this person to meet. And I will send a message to the both of them simultaneously, basically linking them through my messaging, saying, OK, Susie, you might want to meet Tom because you can help each other with leads you're selling houses, he's selling mortgages. So you guys should probably get on the phone. Some people do that by email. That's great too. You could do it in both places because you don't know how often somebody is on LinkedIn. That's a great way to connect with people and use those second level connections to expand your network, either by outreach or requesting an introduction.
0: And do you think the third level of connections is too far removed to use effectively?
1: It depends on who's in between or whether you have an upgraded version of LinkedIn where for a monthly fee you can reach out with connection requests to people that aren't close in your network. If somebody is salesperson who uses LinkedIn all the time, then they may want to upgrade to a paid version of LinkedIn. And there are different categories of it. I mentioned the recruiter one earlier, but there are also, I believe, currently three other paid versions of LinkedIn. Then you can reach out to anyone that comes up in your research as a potentially good connection. If you're looking for a job, you might want to look for recruiters with a specific focus area. Let's say IT recruiters in California or cybersecurity recruiters in the Washington DC area. Especially if you're not local to the market, there's a good chance you are not yet closely connected to them. So you can use your paid subscription to send out connection requests to that third level. Connect that way. You can also do searches based on first or second level. After third level, it gets a little
0: hinky. So is there any way you can show a potential employer your engagement with that company through your LinkedIn traffic?
1: Oh, yes, you can. Mostly through your home screen where everybody's posts show up. Uh, you can search for posts from the company and add comments to them. If you comment, that will eventually probably be seen by somebody. Certainly if you're in the process of applying for a position, you want to kick up the frequency of interacting with company official company posts, but also with posts from people that work there. You can also try to connect directly with people that work there to get a feel for the environment of the company. So, yeah, absolutely. You want to interact with someone where you
0: want to work down the
1: road.
0: Heike, that home screen that that you just mentioned, oftentimes when I see a post and I kind of turn away for a few seconds and there are all of a sudden other posts there and I maybe can't even find the first post that I was actually interested in. What does LinkedIn do to scroll through all of those posts that go up there?
1: Well, like other platforms, they keep their specifics secret, but it depends on how many people you have in your network and how active they are, how fast, in theory, all those posts could scroll through your platform, through your home screen. So they have to slow that down and they have to make it a speed that where you can actually pick up on things. So they pick that based on how much interaction you may have had with a particular person that posted something or with a particular topic. Let's say you search by certain hashtags for Information about, let's say, job search or LinkedIn tips. There are hashtags for all sorts of topics. So if you have done multiple searches for a particular hashtag or topic or you searched for a particular person or company, those may be coming through more often than posts from a connection that you haven't communicated with in months or years who is in a different field and doesn't really overlap with what you do.
0: And is there any way that you can keep your post kind of more at the top of the list as opposed to getting buried by everything else?
1: Well, the more interactions you have from your network with a post that you've made, the more likely it is to be shown to other people. As I understand it with LinkedIn and other platforms, they will show your post to a few people and then depending on whether those people comment, share, or like something, that post will then be shown to more people. So the more initial exposure you can get, the better. But if you have posted something that you truly are proud of, because it's like a blog post or something that you want to keep in front of people's eyes, then you can put it in the featured section. And that shows three posts. And they could be a post, an article you've written, and you can kind of permanently put that towards the top of your profile.
0: How do you use filters to help you know better, get acquainted with people or companies that you might be searching? Mm -hmm.
1: You can filter through the search bar at the top of your screen. If you just click and put your cursor in it and click enter, you will get to a page where you will have a number of options at the top people, posts, products, jobs, companies, etc. etc. And you can use those to narrow down what it is you're looking for. So if you're, let's say, you're looking for a job, you can look in the job section or you can look for people that have gone to the same school that you did because you'll automatically have something in common. So that's how I would use filters. And then you can, in the search bar itself, Put, let's say, CPA and accountant, for instance. So you can do what's called a Boolean search to further narrow down your search. And if you have a paid account, you get even more options. But there's a lot of options available even for a free account.
0: How does this all tie to how you would use the alumni tool on LinkedIn if you were conducting a search?
1: Well, people that have gone to the same school or worked at the same company, if you want to call those uh, alumni as well, they often have an affinity. You know, you're familiar with the same kinds of people, the atmosphere, things you have in common to start with. There's a certain trust factor. And so you can do these searches right for people or you can use them in the groups function to find a group of people, let's say, that all worked at Coca-Cola or that all went to Hood College or something along those lines. So you can use the search functions to find people you have things in common with. I've done searches in the past for people that were part of BNI. I was a member of that for a number of years. I've done searches for people that went to the same school I went to, or were in the same geographic area, or other organizations that I was interested in. So there are a lot of options. If you want to find out about a company, find their alumni group and see if they'll let you in. And then uh, ask them about things like, uh, what's the work environment like? Is it really as good as it seems, on Glassdoor or, you know, ask whatever you want. Sometimes just asking a question in your home screen feed will get you some interesting answers.
0: hike I read someplace that it said I should optimize my LinkedIn profile. What the heck does that mean and how do I do that?
1: Optimizing refers to usually search engine optimization, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier with having keywords in your profile and in your headline that fit what you want to be found for. So if you want to be found for contract work, then maybe you need to have contract work, freelancer, and terms of that nature in there. If you are looking for a particular role, let's say, in human resources, then you want to have terms in your profile that tie to that. And again, as I mentioned earlier, Maybe spell out human resources, but then also put in HR because you don't know how someone's going to search for you. But you definitely need to fill out your profile. A profile with just job titles and companies is not enough. It doesn't give anyone enough information about you, even if they find you. And there's a good chance they will not find you if you don't have job related words in your profile that might come up through a search a recruiter's doing or that need to fit with a particular job role. So you have to fill out your profile.
0: Heike, I've seen an entire array of styles and types of profile pictures. How do you coach your clients in terms of those pictures and do they really count?
1: They definitely count. It fits in with the whole no like, and trust factor people want to know who they're dealing with. So for starters, you have to have a profile picture and it needs to be of you and you alone, not you at a wedding or you with your pet or with your favorite trophy fish. It needs to be a picture that is current. So people that see you at a networking event or that see you at an interview will actually connect your face in real life with the face that they've seen on your LinkedIn profile. If you're let's say, permanently wearing glasses now and your profile picture doesn't have you wearing glasses, there's a disconnect. Or if you used to have a beard and now you don't, if you were a redhead now you have gray hair. Those things have to be aligned, which means you need to update your profile picture on a regular basis. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily every six months, even though photographers may want to tell you that, but it needs to be close enough to where somebody can recognize you both in an online interview or in a real life interview.
0: Heike, you've shared a lot of things, great suggestions about your LinkedIn site. What are the two or three of the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make on their LinkedIn that's going to be a challenge if they're looking for that next great job opportunity?
1: One of the biggest mistakes is not being specific in terms of what it is you're looking for and what you can offer people. Another is just plain being careless with your content. I have seen people who didn't capitalize their name or who have spelling mistakes in their profile, even in their headline, which is the first one of the first things people see. So if you're not comfortable with your own Writing, have somebody else proofread your profile for typos, for grammatical mistakes. So, really show that you care about your own image because your image will be tied to your future employer or your future client. So, be careful with what you put in, be strategic about it. And then you have to keep active too because you're not going to be found if your profile hasn't been active in. Months or years. LinkedIn will simply serve up somebody else in a search, even if they have the same qualifications.
0: Heike, any other do's and don'ts that you coach your clients regarding LinkedIn?
1: Yes, absolutely. So you definitely want to be active on a regular basis. I would say, no matter if you are looking for a job now or will be in the future, because you never know when a company has any kind of downsizing event, you want to keep active keep growing your network. And if that means you send out one invitation a week or five, keep growing your network because some of it's going to grow stale. And it's all about relationships. The bigger your network, the better. There isn't even a book titled Your Network is Your Net Worth. How many people has an impact on your career potential? And so keep, keep reaching out, keep updating your resume and your your profile because there are going to be changes you're going to have a participation in a, a big project at work or you've just gotten another certification or you just joined Toastmasters international as a, a president of a club those things are all things that can be added to your profile that help with searchability credibility and likability
0: Heike you mentioned uh, that networking book any other resources or books that you would recommend?
1: I really like the book, uh, Never Eat Alone. It's not specifically about LinkedIn, but it is about growing your network and really building relationships that can be mutually beneficial tomorrow or five years from now. It's about human connection and going beyond the transactional nature of a lot of interactions today where somebody will just pitch you when they first send you an email, as we talked about earlier, that is a no, no. So you want to make sure that you have a growing network and that can, that can and should be not just on LinkedIn, but in many aspects of your life. And that
0: book really helps with that. As we wrap up here, if our listeners remember only three things from today's conversation, what are those three things you want them to take away with?
1: Those three things would be keep your profile updated, make sure it's complete, and keep working on expanding your network without spamming people.
0: Like, I knew that this was going to be a interesting and very useful conversation. I'm so pleased that you were willing to share your experiences and what you coach your clients. And I know that for everyone that listens to this, I want to pass on, thank you very much.
1: Likewise. Thank you, Bob. And if everybody has any questions, feel free to reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn.
0: Thank you for listening. We're working in unprecedented times. The purpose of these episodes is to give you the support and critical tools to adjust with the changing marketplace. I'll continue to introduce you to guests who have successfully survived their own obstacle course and can share useful information. If today's message was helpful to you, please share it on your social media. Your review and rating helps get this to more people. Also, if you have questions or podcast ideas for future conversations, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Change is constant. The more prepared you are for it, the better and easier the change will occur. Thank you again. This is your host, Bob Gerst. See you at our next episode.